0: Tonight, we witness the largest psychological operation to ever hit America. Twitter, CNN, and even Fox News are in on it. It's November 5th. I'm Kean Bexley, subbing in for The Boss Man, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon hey, consumer God. I know? There's 8,500
1: customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing
0: I have to say to the government about why i is it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Have you ever seen anything quite like this? Of course not. Even the 2000s Bush v. Gore can't hold a candle to 2020's everyone v. The American people. The Democrats, the mainstream media, the pollsters have all pitched in to suppress the vote, to manipulate ballots, to cherry pick news and to outright lie to the American people, all in an attempt to warp reality as they wish it to be accepted political strategy has changed recently. Historically, you would get calls from the campaign that you were supporting on election day saying, we're neck and neck uh, with the bad guys. We need you to get to the polls because we might not win this, but that's not how things work anymore. A much more effective way to secure your ballot box victory these days is to take a different approach. Instead of pretending that you're neck and neck with your opponents, of course, the actual numbers don't, don't really matter, it has proven to be far more effective to outright lie and say that you are going to win it. It will be a blowout for your guy. Instead of the get out to vote call saying that you might have to go vote for the loser, they tell you to come vote for the winner. People like being on the winning team more, and this has the added bonus of demoralizing and dissuading the opponent's soft base from turning out. Usually campaigns will do this on a small scale, but this election cycle, and the last, actually in 2016, the plan of the Democrats has been to not just use traditional campaign tools to send out these messages, the entire mainstream media infrastructure of the United States is being used to run a PSYOP on Americans. Just think about it. How could pollsters be off on the results so badly, so frequently? Are they actually that stupid? No, they know exactly what they are doing. And they know that they are feeding you and the American people a load of manure. They told us time and time again that they learned from 2016 and that this time it would be sure to be a Democrat blowout. They adjusted some things. They tweaked the numbers, did some math. Shy Trump voters weren't going to be a factor this time, blah, blah, blah. It was a lie, obviously. Everyone was confused, though. Of course, they they saw Trump pulling in tens of thousands of people's to his rallies in Georgia and in Pennsylvania and everywhere he went and Joe Biden speaking to a few parked Jeeps, everyone felt that something was a bit off. Their gut told them that pollsters must be wrong again, but would the pollsters be wrong two times in a row so badly? If Joe Biden wins, it's not because of his merits as a candidate, it is because of the coordinated effort of the mainstream media and social media to crown him as president. Let's talk about the other half of that equation for a moment. Take a gander at the President of the Free World's Twitter account. Eight tweets censored in the last few days, and even more, of course, over the course of the election. The President's statements have a 50% chance of being obscured or hidden from you by Jack Dorsey. Supposedly, Donald Trump is the most powerful man in the world, but if someone has the power to cover up what he says whenever they like, however they like, Is he really the most powerful man in the world? Social media giants have demonstrated that they too are the enemy of the people and must be brought to heel. Donald Trump should have done that over his last four years, but he failed to do so. We're gonna talk about this a little bit more. Stay with us for more. We have a very special guest joining us. The last time I met up with Mark Morano was actually in Spain when we were following Greta Thunberg while she was trying to manipulate delegates at the Global Climate Change Conference. Mark Morano joins us here today to talk about what is going on with the United States election, both when it comes to how the votes are being casted, counted, who manipulated them before and after, and specifically as well, what is going on with Joe Biden's plan to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. Thanks so much for joining us here today, Mark.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. Uh, This, we are are in for, this is a fascinating election, what's happening here right now. Um, Just to talk real quick, Donald Trump actually predicted what's happening now. He said that the 2020 mail-in ballots will be the most rigged election in our nation's history and he said, even during World War One and World War II, we voted in person. There was no reason. And, and he warned of this. But the bottom line here, at Keenan, is, at Keenan, is that unless President Trump needed to win by a bigger margin or else he's not going to get it, I have a hard time seeing the ways he's going to pull through this. Uh, I'm very skeptical, let's put it that way, that Donald Trump is going to be able to have a court challenge, voter fraud, et cetera, and actually reverse what's coming and it's coming to make no mistake Pennsylvania is going to declare Biden the winner here shortly
0: yeah uh, things are tightening up for him and his paths to victory are tightening up as well and I want to know from you from your perspective what you think played a role in his defeat now the the polls were saying that it was going to be a blowout it obviously was not um, Donald Trump was competitive in more states anyone thought he would be. Democrats were competitive in Georgia too, but uh, w- when we talk about the Rust Belt and, uh, um, and Nevada even, uh, we're wondering why, why Donald Trump did so much better than the pollsters predicted he would. Do you, do you ag- agree with my thesis that the pollsters knew what they were doing all along, and the, the, they're an extension of CNN and Fox News and the Democrat Party proper, to to suppress Donald Trump's uh, vote and energy.
1: I think that's, abs- I mean, they have to know that they were doing was nonsense. It was all, you know, if you look at the Drudge Report, which has now gone to the, you know, done a complete reversal, it was a great mouthpiece for the progressive left, this election cycle, everything was, every battleground state, Trump down, you know, five, 10 points, Biden, you know, they were going on about, uh, you know, states like Ohio and Texas in play, all the same stuff they did in 2016. But basically, even if pollsters don't have an agenda, which they obviously do, and they're now defending that agenda. But there's also the idea that there is the shy component, if you want to use the word shy, of Trump supporters, of the middle of the road Trump supporters, because Trump is made out to be Hitler. So if a pollster calls you and says, are you going to vote for Adolf Hitler or Joe Biden? Everyone's going to be afraid to say Hitler if you want, you know, that's the bottom line. So that's how they portrayed Trump. So they never accounted for that. Also the sampling of the polls, they always had more Democrats. But I think the biggest difference in this race, I think Trump, there's two things you need to know. President Trump was coasting to probably an easy, massive reelection pre-COVID. And I mean pre-COVID lockdowns and pre-co- pre-elevation of Anthony Fauci at CDC. If we go back to February, Donald Trump, there was no way. The lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, the greatest economic growth in 60 years. The United States was energy dominant, exporter of energy for the first time since uh, Harry Truman was president. I mean, there was, and and, and not only did he he use the, Energy issue in a way. Think back. George Bush said we don't we we got to end our addiction to oil and all this other stuff. Donald Trump turned energy into a positive. He turned it into mm-hmm. jobs. He turned it into lives in all these states. He got West Virginia. I, I can't remember the last number I saw, but he won West Virginia this time around. Coal country, about 70 percent of the maybe 75 percent of the vote. I mean, that's how unbelievable he was. He lets COVID come in, and I think ultimately that's what do you want. A simple answer to your question: COVID lockdowns. And the narrative that Trump allowed killed Donald Trump's uh, t- re-election. And here's what I mean: He allowed Anthony Fauci and the CDC and the public health unelected bureaucrats to hijack his presidency. Donald Trump featured them at daily, hour-long plus mm-hmm. press conferences. Allowed all these governors to shut down the country. Allowed fear to go rampant. It took months for Donald Trump to recover. Um, and that killed it. That was it. It was done, and that allowed the mail-in votes, which is the second reason he died. I mean, his election died. Uh, and, and if you look at Wisconsin, they're claiming ninety percent turnout. Well, if you mail out enough ballots to people who would never mm-hmm. otherwise take an ounce of trouble to go to the polls, aside from fraud, you're going to get a lot more non-Donald Trump votes.
0: Yeah, I, I think when people dissect Donald Trump's presidency, he's they're going to look at two things that that uh, kept him out of the the second term, if, assuming he doesn't, assuming Joe Biden wins. And it's one, he let Anthony Fauci hijack his presidency yeah. exactly as you said, um, he, he, he let Fauci run the show. And that's a huge problem for Donald Trump when their messages yeah. were so opposed. But he also allowed the uh, social media giants to run his show as well, to control his messaging. Donald Trump right now has a 50% chance of having anything he tweets being censored. That is a massive problem. Yeah. Uh, and that was going on before votes were being cast. That was that's been going on for a yeah. long time. And he just let it happen. That's yeah. that's that's such a massive problem. And people are are going to look at that ten years down ten years from now, when when academics are trying to understand why Donald Trump lost an election that he should have won, uh, despite what the pollsters were saying. And it's because social media ha- has been able to, sort of overshadow him and control the messaging that Americans are allowed to see. Now, I want to dive into what you were saying about uh, Joe Bi- uh, about energy and Joe Biden. This is something that you talk a lot about. And I want to know from, from your perspective, uh, and I want you to be able to tell folks, what is the impact that they're going to feel personally, financially, uh, and, and socially uh, when Joe Biden rejoins the Paris Climate Accord? Okay, well, first of all, The good news is, uh, is that and I, by the way,
1: mentally, intellectually, I've accepted Donald Trump's defeat. I just don't. I mean, we could have months of court cases, but I don't see it at this point. I mean, it's a very, very, very long shot. But beyond that, the good news is the Republicans retain the Senate. And that means no Green New Deal passes unless there's enough Republicans to do a Green New Deal light or something. But, you know, but basically it means the stopping of that, it's stopping the court packing, it's stopping a lot of what Joe Biden did. Because of that, Joe Biden's rejoining of the U.N. Paris Agreement, which he just tweeted yesterday, but today I guess he tweeted two days ago or yesterday, yeah. uh, maybe t- that he will rejoin the Paris Agreement almost from day one of his presidency. And of course, Evan, this is huge news to the left. I mean, you know, People Magazine, of all things, is, has an article out today on this, Joe Biden to rejoin. I mean, this is how global warming and the Paris Pact has permeated our pop culture. But in terms of what it means to the average American, it means the end of U.S. energy dominance, because what Trump championed, we are now going to be demonizing from the from the bully pulpit of the White House. And this means fracking, means what's left of the coal industry. It means oil drilling. It means mining. I mean, I mean, everything we've achieved in four years of Donald Trump is literally going to be under assault. And I don't know that it can survive. And here's what really can. I have all the uh, pre- President Trump's greatest accomplishments were in reversing President Obama's climate agenda, from A to Z, pretty much Joe Biden can reinstate that in the next few months to a year and a half uh, of his presidency, because all of that was done non-legislator on both sides, because Obama never had the Congress. So we're going to go back to a crazy EPA trying to implement, essentially, to go along with the UN-Paris Agreement. And Joe Biden's hinted that they're going to be much more ambitious than what President Obama agreed to with the UN-Paris Agreement for the U.S. commitment.
0: Mark, thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, I want to talk about, just before you go, uh, you you have a new movie out, uh, Climate Hustle 2. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yes, actor Kevin Sorbo of Hercules fame was in it. We released it in September online. We were set to go in almost 800 theaters at Earth Day this year, uh, but because of the lockdowns, that was canceled. So we did an online release. You can now get the movie on DVD, Blu-ray. It goes through everything. The U.N. Paris Agreement, the global warming as a religion, Hollywood, hypocrisy, children indoctrination, wacky solutions. We have the NYU professor in it talking about shrinking humans to fight global warming. Uh, and we went to... Czech Republic to interview Václav Klaas, the former president, who talks about the climate agenda being one of the greatest threats to freedom, which, by the way, COVID, the COVID hysteria is now an even greater threat. Uh, I'll throw that in. And we opened the movie with the COVID climate connection. uh, And the gist of it is, if you love COVID lockdowns, you'll love climate lockdowns. That's the opening of Climate Hustle 2.
0: That's a great point. And, uh, you know. People have really got to ask themselves if these COVID lockdowns didn't solve what Greta Thunberg, you know, alleges is this big problem. What draconian measures will the left want to take to reach what, you know, reach their end? Uh, it's really a terrifying prospect. Thanks so much, Mark, for joining us.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Now before we wrap up for the evening, I want to share with you where things stand right now. I know a lot of you are biting your nails at the fact, at the thought, of a Joe Biden and eventually Kamala Harris presidency, but I want to say that even if the Trump era does come to an end, I want you to know that it's not all doom and gloom. Despite the best efforts of the Democrats and the media, their goals of sweeping Congress, the Senate, and the White House will not come true. They won't get them all. Right now it looks, and it's pretty clear, that the Republicans are going to retain control of the Senate. What's really interesting to watch right now is what is going on in the House of Representatives race. Right now, the Republicans are actually doing much better than expected. The pollster said that, well, the Democrats, they're going to sweep everything and they're going to take it home. Nancy Pelosi, she couldn't be more happy going into this election. That's not the case. Right now, the Republicans are leading in many, many districts and they might win as many as 10 seats tonight. At the time of filming this, 416 races are wrapped up. There's about 19 left over. Ten of them are leaning Republican, and if they secured four more, that would mean that Nancy Pelosi is out of a job. I want to draw your attention to the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico. That is where Choctil Torres Small, an incumbent Democrat, lost to a Republican challenger, Yvette Harold. Small represented the district known for its energy industry. It's the Fort McMurray of New Mexico. After Joe Biden announced that he was going to destroy that industry, Till started running damage control. I disagree with Vice President Biden's statement tonight. Energy is part of the backbone of New Mexico's economy. We need to work together to promote responsible energy production and stop climate change, not demonize a single industry. I will continue to stand up to my party when they're out of touch with the reality on the ground, New Mexico 02. She actually had to denounce Joe Biden and her party in a bid to remain in power. Nine other Democrats are likely to follow her in her defeat. And if four more fall, Pelosi could be out of her cushy job. Right now, we are watching California District 25, Georgia District 7, Pennsylvania 17, and Utah 04. It is a long shot but it is far from what the pollsters predicted, what they said, what they lied about. Well, that's it for me tonight. For all the latest coverage on the American elections, you can follow along at rebelnews.com. You can follow me at therealkian on Twitter where I'll be tweeting about what is going on. And of course, tomorrow, Ezra Levant will be back in this same spot, same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in, and as Ezra always says, keep fighting for freedom.